Welcome to another episode of Fruitless Pursuits. I'm Jason. Hey, I'm Thorin. Thanks for joining us. So, believe it or not, this um, this used to be a music podcast. <laughs> well, it still is. It's still, yeah. it's still like an important like um, part of it. I think we just decided that we wanted to talk about everything that we're interested well, in. Well, yeah, we have other interests, and that's yeah. that's okay, All right? But um, you know, music is is a big part of it, and it's something that you and I have always kind of had a uh, we don't necessarily listen to the same kind of music or enjoy the same things always. Right. Uh, but we both, I think, recognize um, authenticity. I think uh, that's good. lack think... of a better descriptor. I think um, that's a good regardless point. of genre, you know, yeah. that's kind of, that's always my uh, measuring stick is like, is this put on or is this like authentic? Do you know what I mean? I do know what you mean. That, that, that's, and that's, that's an interesting kind of, um, uh, authenticity is an interesting measuring stick because it's it's something you're feeling right subjective yeah Yeah, exactly exactly and it's so you know um it's interesting because we we were last talking about when we were last talking about music on the on the podcast we were talking about an expected releases list right and um i forget where that source was but um i since found one that was on revolver's website um which is kind of tailored more to like the middle of the road between you and i on music you know it's, it's it's gonna miss some genres and stuff like that but um uh, and Revolver, it, it, like Pitchfork, it's problematic in its own way. You know, it's like it's too sh- neutralized by its own uh, viewpoint sometimes. Um, and, and it's interesting because yeah, the- it has to give service to things. I mean, it does it does um, report on um, a lot of underground stuff, but it also, you know, by by nature of it being, you know, it's a it's a print magazine and. 2020 so they got to pay the bill somehow so right. you know it would not be unusual in an in a issue of revolver say 15 years ago to see neurosis and lincoln park in the same right. issue right for sure for sure which is well, fun. well i think i think that i actually appreciate that that's one of the things that like maybe pitchfork of late kind of pisses me off about is that you know it used to be that there would they would they would um have a review of the Queens of the Stone Age record, and they would also have a review of uh, Frank Ocean's Blonde, and you know that new weird avant-garde jazz thing that came out. And more and more, they're just shifting so far, um, kind of um, indie teen pop thing. You know that it's just like it's it's a it's an annoying kind of source at this point. Is, it, is that because you don't like really identify with that, or is it just in general you think they've kind of gone up their own ass? I think I think in, well you know they've always been a um, very like polarizing kind of, yeah, yeah no one no one in fact I remember um, uh, um, you you know you have friends that are in this this awesome band um, and uh, I met them for the first time and um, I, I don't know if we should say who they are or not but um, yeah. um, they're 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 a great band and they are um, such a cool band and I'm I'm really surprised that more more hasn't been made of them, you know, yeah. but you know, they've like everyone they've, they can't constantly, um, they couldn't constantly tour. They had, you, you know, no, they're they real lives. guys. They have other jobs and stuff, but yeah. you know, they've put out uh, a lot of records. Uh, they were on relapse. I think they're still on relapse at least for another album. Um, yeah. They're, they're a good band. They're awesome. Yeah. They're, they're good. Um, and I remember uh, me and them for the first time and like kind of talking to them and um, the album at the time had been reviewed on pitchfork favorably. Uh, and I guess they didn't know that. And so when I told them that, they're like, "Oh fuck, that's the last thing I want to hear." Yeah. Um, and and so I was, I, and it was, remi- I, rem- I was reminded at the time. See, I forget that stuff, you know. But um, you know, you definitely, you know, who your critics are and who are choosing to criticize you, um, right? Definitely says stuff about you. But at the time, uh, they had people in the organization that were interested in, in metal and rock and stuff like that. And they're just, yeah. I think it, it's probably more a show as to who's in the room now than than anything else. Um, yeah. So, uh, you know, um, yeah, I mean, writers graduate on to other, 
uh, ventures and other publications and things like that. So sure. Yeah, and things it, like and, Re and Revolver's no different, right? Yeah. No, things like Revolver and Pitchfork, especially because they're maybe Revolver less because it has a print thing format, but Pitchfork has almost always been online. Right. And, and they're probably highly dependent on um, intern, intern, intern labor, young people. They're just moving through, like they just got out of college with a writing degree and they're interested in music and they're, they're on their way to something else, you know? Right. Um, and, and revolver maybe is less that, but yeah, because of that, that probably shows, um, what you see, you yes. know what I mean? And who the demo is. Right. Um, and so kind of to, you know, to put a button on it, revolver is uh, a hard rock and metal magazine that does tend to lean a little more mainstream maybe. Well, I think, I actually think they do a really good job of, and that's what I was going to say about your comment there before is that, um, I think that it's cool that they're they're just basically like a rock heavy metal, you know, kind of that's their umbrella that they're yeah. operating under. That like yeah. like you were saying, I mean, I'm no fan of Lincoln Park. I never have been. But that they would have that alongside, you know, um, you know, go 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 Jira or, or stuff like that. And I think that's that's true right. to this too, yeah, to yeah. this list, is that I think that's a testament, actually. Sure. Um, you know, and, and and it shows like less of pretension. Um, because it's interesting on this anticipated albums of 2021 you know and you mentioned authenticity and one of the first ones is ghost and so i was like i've always <laughs> had so that that as a them as a band have always been problematic for me yeah and um i just never could like get into it and i have friends that like them a lot um and i, I guess one of my main problems with it and maybe this goes back to the the fear conversation before is just like their their invitation of the um and i guess i have a, a supreme respect for the occult as well so like their invitation of um you know, the whole um, nihilistic uh, Satanist thing is to me is like, just never going to be my approach. So when that's their, their stick, I'm kind of going to be like, oh, I'm not, I'm good, you know? Yeah. Um, but then you have the, the but problem. it's so tongue in cheek. Yeah. Like they're not like, uh, like a Watain or like a, you know what I mean? Like a, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I totally know. Fucking mean. Luciferian uh, black metal band. Right. right. No, no. Yeah, yeah. No. I, I totally get that. And and yeah, of course, and that's never going to be my thing either. But no, I agree that they're tongue in cheek and they're using the stick. I, I use that word for a reason, right? Well, yeah. Um, um, it, and, it fits in this instance, I think. Yeah, it's totally. And I think when you know you met, mentioned authenticity, to me, like they're a band that like, like they've like never had that. And I mean, I guess I follow enough through social media like metal tangent stuff um, because you know when when the guy who's like you know, um, the head of it or whatever. Um, yeah. Finally, Tobias was, Forge, I think yeah, is his name. Right, yeah. when he was revealed without makeup for the first time. Yes. Um, it was like, you know, this huge deal. Um, and then you have all the stuff with them where, where you have the, you know- Lawsuits and- Lawsuits, right. The founding members who just get called the ghouls who are, you know, really you know, writing a bunch of this music, getting paid nothing. Right. And, and this Tobias guy being the being the dude, right? Yes. Um, nothing new to, to music at all, um, that there'd be a front man who is a front person who is completely an egomaniac. But um, uh, I just think that, that, you know, it's, you know, hard for me to like look at them and like think that's authentic, you know, or, and, right. and I, I get that's not the thing, but it just doesn't interest me if it's not, you yeah. know. I thought that first album was, was kind of fun. And it's like, you know, with all the satanic window dressing mm -hmm. and then you get, you know, sonically what they sound like it's it's a really big disconnect and you know it's interesting because when you for me with revolver um and we talked about this a little bit before before was that um you know there's always bands on this li these lists that i'm like ah oh, like I, I just need to find an entry point i bet i would like them um, yeah and, and then there's bands i'm like i know like like tomahawk is on this list and so to yeah, me, yeah, that's, yeah that's a huge yes please um just the the composition of the band you know, it gets John Stanier is my favorite drummer ever. Oh, he's probably. so amazing. I mean, just, he really is. Like the way he looks when he plays is cool. You know what yeah. I mean? It's like <laughs> his arm just swivels at the elbow, and he's taking these big hard swings, and he just he's he's perfect. His his timing is is so perfect. But well, to come from, I mean, for his like, and I don't think it was actually his first band, but for his the band that we know of from first to be Helmet. Yeah, is of course, of course, he's got perfect. Well, they were so much about timing and those stops and starts, and you know, and that snare drum sound, right? Yeah, yeah, and seeing them live and having that, like, whoa, they can, they're really pulling this off in yeah, an amazing way, mechanical, right? Totally. And I mean, and and I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean, like, no, no, you're perfect. exactly right. 
Yeah, and John Stainer is, he's one of those drummers, he's like John Theodore, where he's like, when you look at the bands he's played in or plays in, his you know, staple, you go like, they're so versatile. They're so, they're so different. Like if yeah. you compared battles to Tomahawk, yeah. um, you have, you have two completely different bands, um, but you can hear that the same, it's the same drummer, but he's doing different things. And, and when you talk about the way he plays, when he plays with battles, he has the symbol that's, that's made, yeah way up high. And he just, yeah. he's like he's playing all tight and then it's just like, <laughs> um, yeah. and, and that's, that's a really cool affect. Um, but no, I mean, you know, um, you know, that whole super group thing is, it's tired, but with it, when, it when my, seldom works out. Yeah, it, man, that that first Tomahawk record was so good, yeah. so good, and um, the way they were able to kind of manifest it live too was really cool. Yeah, we um, went and saw them when we were younger men. Yes, that we absolutely did. Um, when we could go to a bar that was three hours away, drink, <laughs> yeah. and then drive home. Right. Uh, um, <laughs> um, but. Um, yeah, it was it was it was a great a great show. Um, but I, you know, it's interesting because where Mike Patton is concerned, you often have like supergroup thrown up around him, and it's yeah. just it, I think it's just because it's the way he works. He's way more into this like um, collaborative, um, doing crazy just things. Yeah, off, off the wall. And right? and he's on he's on this list twice because it's not just Tomahawk. It's oh, Dead, Dead Cross, Dead, Dead Cross too. Yeah, another supergroup, which is well, pretty well, you'd fucking say it's, good. It's they're amazing, right? They're great. Yeah. They're great. Um, uh, and, but what's interesting is that Tomahawk's last record, which I really wanted to love, um, because, you know, the first two records actually are amazing. Yeah. Uh, and then you have the, and, and the thing that they were trying to do with Anonymous, which, which is their third record, um, is really interesting. You know, they were traveling, uh, and, um, the guitar player was playing with Hank three and he was doing a lot of like. You know, just happened to be doing um, Tomahawk's guitarist. Yeah, uh, Dwayne Dwayne Dennison. Dwayne Dennison, right? really? Right. Okay, um, I didn't know so he, he played with. Okay, he did. He toured with them for a while, and so gotcha. he. Or this is the story of, of how this anonymous came came to be, which is this Tomahawk record, um, and what it is for those of you who don't know, uh, it's a collection of Native American songs, um, and and they recorded it in this in this format that's that's not, you know, that's really cool. It's this this rock format, right? Um, uh, and it just missed for me, and it's because, it, and it, it's probably because I I can't I have a hard time connecting to the material. Yeah. Um. You know. Um. But I think it's a really cool thing that they did. You know, because they were he was touring and he was playing these lots of areas of Native Americans, and he noticed that you know when he would talk to these mu musicians, they would talk about this disappearing culture. This this their music was going away. Yeah. Uh, because they less and less people were playing it. Um. And so he kind of thought it would be cool to to try, you know, like, let's make it cool, you know, let's do something cool with it. And yeah. um, really interesting idea, but it just fell flat for me. And then there was such a hiatus um, that for, you know, their, their most recent record, Oddfellows, there were a couple songs that I really liked, but as a record, it didn't, it wasn't coherent for me. So yeah. I'm really, I'm hopeful that, that, that we'll see something different from that, this, from them this time, you know, that, that this time we'll see a Tom Ock record that's, you know, kind of more in line with, um, the, the first self-titled yeah and you know what like like or mitt gas too i think is a, yeah. is a phenomenal record um and frankly i don't i don't need them to try to go reproduce those records i just need them to 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 approach it with that same kind of vigor or whatever was there you know yeah i mean it would be rad to hear another banger like god hates a coward and some of the other tracks on that first record that are just like i mean i listened to them today and they still kind of make the the hair on my arm stand up you know agreed agreed and and for me um the thing that you have with mint gas is more of the introduction of like those it's a more polished record um there's more flourishes of, of like electronic and stuff like that um yeah but uh just just phenomenal um you know and and you know with that too dead cross i mean i'm not gonna be upset by that record um and and it's funny because this is this goes to the thing that you were talking about with with revolver you know, there's also, you know, there's things like Ashes Divide, which is, you know, the um I don't know anything about that. Yeah. Okay, so it's it's um it's the other half of um Perfect Circle. Um so you have oh, Billy Howard Dells. That's right. So it's yeah. his personal thing. Um and you know, honestly, I like Perfect Circle. So um though their last record too wasn't something for me, but um uh so I was like when he put out a first record of Ashes Divide, I was like, Well, I mean 
I mean, I'm, there's a good chance I'm gonna like some of it, but no, I didn't like any of it. So, um, what's the, what's the vibe if you had to kind of sum it up? I'd say, I mean, what's kind of weird is it's kind of, um, it's the, the, the first record anyway. And this was my take at the time. And it was perhaps a little pretentious, but it was, and I know you're surprised by that, but, um, it was, it was like, um, it was basically, sounded like to me like songs that were rejected from perfect circle songs you know yeah. that, that didn't have um the cool you know collective of people doing that this, right you know like um so so that was my vibe it was like perfect circle without maynard basically you know yeah. or um uh so you know there's stuff like that there's a new crowbar record coming which i'm sure you're excited about well i mean they they've put out a lot of records and they're they are definitely I, I love Crowbar. I love like, especially their, you know, their first 10 records or whatever, but they're, <laughs> they are delving into this um, like motorhead slayer category, um, which, which is not a bad thing. Like at a certain point, it's like, if, if you do something well and you, they basically created this genre in a lot of ways. Um, I just don't expect anything new from it you know yeah, yeah yeah well i think that there's like you say and there's there's ramones would be another example of that right sure. where they're just they're 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 the thing they're this right. thing they're very specific acdc a, a, yeah, excellent point um yeah. although somehow acdc is like they just do the same thing again and you're like i don't care i like it you know what i mean yeah, it's, yeah, still, yeah. it's still cool right um uh and they and of their formulas i mean they could tour under the same set design and you would you know people were kind of still go yeah. see them right yeah um and then there's bands on this list that like um, like Cult of Luna, it's another band that like I've I've like always heard mentioned peripherally. Yes. Um, and and this th there's actually there's a they have a guest appearance from Mark Lanigan on this record. Oh no shit. Yeah. That's interesting. So it is totally. Um, and so uh, you know they're a band that I've heard about and always wanted to like find an entry point for. Um, yes. And so maybe this Mark Lanigan song will be that for me. I can't say, but um, uh, go ahead. Yeah, I was gonna say um. Uh, they are very much in the vein of um, like early aughts. Um, I don't know what they're doing now. So let's just, you know, kind of put a, put a, a grain of salt with this. Um, but they are from that same grouping of bands that were doing like uh, the, the throwaway terminology of the day was neurosis, right? Mm -hmm. um, referencing neurosis and, um, Aaron Turner's band Isis, the unfortunately named. <laughs> <laughs> There's a whole story about them having to take down their Facebook page at a certain point when um, w uh, during the Arab Spring and oh, you know, man. when that stuff started happening. Unfortunately, they're they're. Um, I'm going to tangent for a minute, so bear with me. No, they're one of these bands that um, they mined out their territory, and they very um, astutely realized that there wasn't anywhere else to go with the sound that they, that they had essentially created. Right. Um, and, and so they just, they just stopped and they all went on and did different stuff. And it was like, now they have this legacy of albums that man, there's, there's hard, it's hard to find uh, a bad record in, in their catalog. Um, most of them are uh, produced by Matt Bayless of uh, minus the bear fame now, but he also, you know, uh, recorded the first Mastodon album and um, Planes Mistaken for Stars, uh, Mercy, which is a phenomenal album. Mm -hmm. uh, he is an MTSU guy, uh, Middle okay. Tennessee State. So Dude, there have a there's a lot of production people that have popped out of there. Um, in yeah. fact, I've, I've had friends that were in the program who uh, went on to do other things, but you know, like Trent Reznor stopped to talk to them. Like you know, they it's a big deal that that program pops out people yeah. in the industry for sure for sure so um so cult of luna is in that same vein of like um atmospheric uh dynamic switching between um kind of ethereal shoegaze elements and um crushing down-tuned guitars with um you know hardcore vocals for lack of a better descriptor for sure um so i, I would say there i I want to say it's probably 2002 or three. I, I don't quote me on that, but their big, their kind of breakthrough album is called salvation. Um, and that's, if that's something you want to check out, that's probably a good place to start. Cool. Yeah. I'll give it a shot. I mean, 
you know, it's interesting too, because there's like, you know, um, uh, Daughters is on this, um, mm -hmm. which, which I, there's, you know, very interesting. Um, That's uh, one of the bands that we missed when we went to go see Dillinger Escape Plan on their uh, Miss Machine tour. Oh, that's a funny story, actually. Um, uh, so one of Jason, my favorite bars in um, uh, New Orleans, which doesn't exist anymore, actually, which is really strange. Um, it's, a, it's a Chinese restaurant now. <laughs> I can't, but we should, we, next time we go back to New Orleans, we should go. Yeah. Just go sit in there and like. Just I ran into that old bartender. He was he was carding at um, One-Eyed Jack's one time. Oh, see, I've, uh, a and couple of times. He still had Liberty Spikes. You see, know what? You know where he's? I saw that dude again. He's in that um, that terrible Terminator movie uh, with the girl from Game of Thrones. No, he's not. He is. He's in the open the opening scene where the punk rockers discover Naked Arnold. Uh huh. He's one of those dudes. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah, go um, back you, and you would cast him. You would cast him as that too. You'd be like, Absolutely. oh, you're. Um, that's that's okay. Okay. So, right, sorry. But, but before Tangents. we get to because because we could keep doing this, um, yeah. punk rockers that we've seen in, in commercials. Um, so, um. Uh, um, so it's called the lounge lizard and it had, it was like a lot, like a lot of bars in New Orleans. It's open all like 24 hours a day. Yes. And, um, oh, yeah, does it close have, for one hour? They have to close for an hour to, um, change out the banks and stuff, but oh, okay. Okay. So, um, so it had two, um, happy hours, like five to 6 PM and five to 6 AM. And, um, there it, it's, it's it's a goal I can no longer succeed at, but it would be my goal to be there for both of them. Um, and uh, I can no, I'm, I'm, I could no longer succeed at this goal, but for yeah. a while I was, I was doing it pretty solid. Um, and so it was our favorite bar and we were in town to interview Dillinger Escape Plan. Um, and they were playing with a, a, like a lineup of amazing bands. Yeah, they were playing with Planes Mistaken for Stars before I like was into them. Right. Which and, I'm, I still kick myself for not seeing, but. Yeah, no, I, 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 I do as well. It's like that's a band that um I discovered later too, and was like, oh, I was a, I went to a show and should have seen them and didn't. Yeah, um, we went to so, a casino. We have. <laughs> this is so good. I'm sorry, I'm stepping on your story. No, 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 no. You're, you're, you're right. I mean, I, it's, it's just we would we find ourselves in like, I mean, I think the lack the term that would have been used in our day was K hole. We just find ourselves in these like we just fall into these pits in New Orleans of like our own debauchery you know like yeah. we're just having a good time and time disappears and the next well, thing we're known it's like 4 a.m <laughs> and we're we're walking out of a bar the sun's coming up yeah well i think in that particular instance like we had shown up we were early we did our interview we yeah. met with um brian who's the ex-guitarist i mean they're all ex now i guess but he was the one of the original guitarists for dillinger and um and greg, greg yeah Pusciato. yeah and he had he had just like it was he had not machine. been with the band a long time right the yeah. new record had just come out they were touring behind it that um, was like full jacked greg pusciato you know i think it i remember him being less than he is now like really like when i see him like i think i saw something where they were playing like a a show like a something Killer be was, killed or something it was on tv okay. and it was, it was being broadcast and it was um uh i i saw him i was like dude, that dude is way bigger than i remember him like huge, like jacked. Huh. Um, but but I, I just don't remember it in that way, but maybe that's just my memory. But um, yeah. yeah, we met with him. We met with two of them. We did the interview and then we were like, we had some time to kill. And uh, we had a lot of time to kill. Yeah. And so we, we missed daughters and planes mistaken for stars. We went to Harris casino. <laughs> um, if I'm not mistaken, I think you came up pretty big on blackjack. I, I you know, I was on a roll for like six years there where I would, I would, I would steadily, be coming up on blackjack like there's a time where um uh one of our best friends joe picked me up from the biloxi airport which i was wary of at the time like i was i was coming to stay with him to make money like i was coming to work for him to help him make glass um and finish this chandelier project and i was coming to make money and when he said oh i'll have you flying to biloxi i'll pick you up there i was like oh yeah no he's losing money right and then but at the time uh he was like he was like don't worry will be with me his son and i was like yeah. oh cool nope then we can't the, perfect so he picks me up from the airport and who's not in the car <laughs> right got, it's not in the car. played yeah <laughs> so it's just me and joe so he's like hey we, we think we should stop at this casino anyway so we're there for like seven hours and at some point um i mean like i said i came to work for joe so i didn't have any money 
And um, uh, so he's like bankrolling the whole thing and, and we're down a bunch. And by the end of it, you know, I, I think we were down like a thousand bucks. And by the end of it, I handed him a wad of like $1,400. I was just like, wow. here, here's your money back. Wow. And then some, and so it was pretty insane. So I, for a while there, I was like killing on blackjack. But the last time we went to New Orleans was the last time I've been to a casino since that time with Joe. Yeah. And like, it, it was, it was clear that the, the magic the, was gone. Yeah. It's just not, it's not the same touch or that I have to be care, care more careful. Like yeah. I can't have that cavalier thing that I had where I was just right. like doubled down on, you know, fucking stupid shit yeah you know it had bills to pay and all that shit and you realize that 200 bucks lost on the blackjack table could be lunches or you know new backpacks or whatever yes i know so where were we okay so i guess the other i mean just you know finishing up that list there there are a bunch of bands that like like you know like like daughters that are just like wow awesome great no those are to look forward to yeah and then there's deaf heaven Right. But then like Evanescence is on here. Like, yeah. I mean, and, and I think that speaks to what, what I was saying is actually kind of um, integ- integrity in my belief in Revolver, that they're going to represent both sides of this, right? Yeah. What's yeah. clearly going to make money and then what's, what, what are other people's, you know, kind of looking forward to. And it, it definitely speaks to their, excuse me, their um, audience. You know, Exodus is on here. Um, Ion Fire's got a new one coming out. That's right. Um, which, uh, never disappoints in my mind. Um, Guar, which I think is so interesting because you have, you know, Dave Brocky dying. Right. Um, and I think he'd want it this way, but it's just not the same, is it? It's, it's, I mean, you know, I, I have to say I would have to go see them because that was my entree to them. The live show. Them, yeah. Seeing them live and just being like, like, this is so much fun. You know, personally, when listening to their records, I think maybe it's a little bit like what you're talking about with Ghost. I'm like, I, I, there's nothing here for me yeah you know um but when you see them live it's just so much it's so raucous and so much fun and like you yeah. know they're spilling blood and and you get the spirit you and, of it yeah totally and and so i think it's i think it, it'll be interesting it would be interesting to see them live and see what they're what they're what that is like um yeah, i'm sure i'm sure it's still a party um i just i i think I think Dave Brocky was kind of the the spiritual center of that band, though. So, yeah, for sure. I'm I'm glad that they're continuing. I'm glad that they're carrying on the legacy. Um, You know, it's it's cool, and I and I imagine that they're doing that in his honor. Um, I would have to say that that's the case. I mean, it just seems uh, it it seems um, kind of like a facsimile to me, I guess. Well, we'll see. I mean, I think I think it would be interesting to go see them live and see that if that authenticity is still there because I think it's very potentially possible. Yeah, they're a band like. Um, so well, this dude, is- you're you're right. It's all about the live show. Like their records are a lot of filler. Like, right. I don't. I probably first heard. Um, I remember first hearing Scum Dogs of the Universe and one of my little metal buddies when I was probably a freshman in high school, mm-hmm. maybe middle school gave me the cassette of scum dogs of the universe to to like check out and immediately i liked it you know because yeah, it's yeah. funny and it's gross and it's like you know what i mean yes and it's um and it's metal yeah uh, so that was but, my discovery but there's diminishing returns on that kind of shit well yeah it's 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 an album you listen to a couple of times you know it's fun and then and then you know and maybe you hear it and you're like oh that that brings back memories but it's not like you're like man, these are some solid songs. Yeah. Um, but I, I do think it's interesting because what it makes me think of with a band like War, you have the potential. So this is going to sound like a little bit of a tangent, but I think it makes sense. Um, so when you have the band like um, what's now the Dead and Company, right? So Bob Weir talks about a version of this band that exists in 50 years. So he sees it as like this, a, a way to keep this legacy of this, this the band we know is the Grateful Dead. It's the Dread Pirate Roberts. Yeah, absolutely. Right. So I like yeah. that. That's, that's cool. Um, so yeah. he sees a, a way to make this band go on forever. Yes. Uh, and uh, which is a really cool idea. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not sure it's possible, um, but I think it could be with that fan base. Now I think a band like Guar is another band that could go on forever because you, you yeah. don't need, you, it's not personality relate, you know, like heavy. No, it um, exists in its own little universe. They've created like this comic book story that surrounds it and, it's all very tongue in cheek. Everybody knows that, you know, it's a bunch of art students that made costumes and just played obnoxious music, you know, and it Absolutely. evolved into like this cult thing. 
Absolutely. And and it's this cool live show that when it comes to your town, you go and you have a great time. Yeah. You know, like, I mean, um, you, do, you, you go with your friends, you don't take a date, you know, but I mean, like, it's, it's, it's going to be fun, you know, you're going to yeah. have a good time. Yeah. Yep. Um, and so I, th I think it has the potential to kind of, kind of go on forever. So I did, there's just a couple others that I, I definitely want to mention. Um, the Melvins are on here and we talked about that before. Yeah. Mastodon, Mastodon yep. um, is expected to release a record that come, to come this coming year, which I think sure. is going to be awesome. Um, and then another thing that's on here um, is Baroness. Right. So um, um, who I think is amazing. Like I remember you turning me on to them uh, and, you know, probably red or not, blue record, right? Yeah, it was there. It was the first one, right? So, um, uh, and then um, I've always listened to them since, and they're they're bands that like you know I've, um, they're a band that I can feed to like you know uh, like my my uncle who's like really into rock, but he's not in the circle anymore, right? So he's like, yeah, yeah. oh, you're gonna like this. You can pick um, something from the catalog, like maybe later, yeah, in the catalog. But yeah, I get it. Yeah, absolutely. And and they're a band that continues to put out records that just like Mastodon that you know I may not like the whole thing. Um, but I'm going to like at least a couple songs a lot. Yeah. Um, and it's very, it's very apparent that they're making records for themselves. They're not trying to placate um, that original like sludge doom fan base that where they kind of made their bones. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Both bands. Right. I mean, they're both doing that. They're yeah. being themselves They're They have an artistic integrity, if not authenticity. Again, say, yes. Yeah. I would say that they both have those. The, now there's another one on the list that I feel like it's never been a band that I really connected with, but is I feel like it's an artist that like, for one reason or another, I love him. I love his underdog. It's like Dave Mustaine, right? Like Megadeth is releasing a new record. <laughs> so yeah. I, 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 maybe cause he's like always the underdog. Like he got fired from Metallica, um, you know, like um, people have always kind of pooped on him, but I think Megadeth has always been a solid fucking metal band. Yeah, for sure. You know, they, 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 they like, they make these, these like, it's, <laughs> I, I, I would have to, take contention with one point and that I, I don't know that I see him as an underdog. Mm. He's kind of a prick. Well, I, um, wouldn't, I wouldn't disagree with that. He's prickly. I would say, I mean, you know, he's, but you, you don't know that personally, what you know is that he's been like a jerk to um, media, right? He doesn't like journalists. He doesn't. He, I mean, that's, that's why he got kicked out of Metallica <laughs> ostensibly because he was an asshole. Right. Well, um, and a drunk it, at the time. Right. right. And it, it's not because he's not a phenomenal guitar player. Right. Um, but I, I would agree. I I love the early Megadeth albums um, and, and some of the later stuff. And I, yeah. you know, he, he, you have to respect that he's created his own lane. Um, he's doing something that's sonically, you know, you know, you know, it's Megadeth when it comes on. Right. Right, exactly. No, the no, guitar no. sound. He doesn't even have to sing. Like his voice is obviously very specific and and identifiable, but his guitar sound is is uh, instantly. Oh, that's Megadeth. Yeah, and, and evolving too. He's managed to not like. Um, you know, you were talking about ISIS and how they mined the territory. Um, yeah. I think. Yeah, it, he hasn't um, pigeonholed himself with with the this having this, this the sound as you're saying. So I think right. that, that's interesting. And also not trend chased. You know what I mean? Like he yeah, never yeah. did like a new metal record that I can think of. I, right. I may be wrong about that, but um, yeah, I don't remember a DJ ever being on stage with him. Um, <laughs> right. So, uh, um, but uh, I do think um, like Metallica's on here too, and I have such a weird relationship to them because like I didn't have that experience that a lot of our generation talks about, where like. Um, uh, um, their master puppets or well i mean no, uh, um injustice for all was yeah. the one i mean i was i was in seventh grade when one was all over mtv yeah mm -hmm. and that was the well, first video they did um, yeah so that was the well, injustice I, for all record right but so i had heard of them before and we've talked about this phenomenon before but um because i've gotten to skateboarding um really early like i was like 10 i think nine or 10 skate you know like super into it right um even, and that's like even before owning a board like being a full fucking poser as, as like an eight or nine year old um, right i mean what else are you at eight or nine no, right no no yeah. totally I, I i i say it i say it kind of respectively you know what i mean yeah. like like of course that's what you are um but but in love with the culture as i am today um and looking at thrasher and seeing ads for Metallica yeah, or, you know, head like, art. right. Totally. Yeah. Um, and, and because um, headless Marines were a Pensacola band, yep. um, you know, you have, you had, you had Pusshead art 
in their stuff. Yeah. And so like, it was, it was all around me, you know, in this, in this world swirling, I didn't realize how close I was to this cool shit, but, um, uh, you know, because of that, I'd heard, I was listening to Metallica at a really young age. Um, and, you know, connected with Injustice for All with Master Puppets. But, you know, that when, you know, people of our generation talk about the Black Album coming out and them cutting their hair and, and how they just felt like they lost their heroes or whatever. Um, yeah. And I didn't have that experience with that record. I mean, it wasn't my, I, I, by that time, I wasn't like super into them. I kind of progressed to the next, like the, you know, kind of other tastes um, in music. But right. there's still something about this band that's amazing. But I have a hard, I have a hard time getting back into them, um, especially because some of the choices they've made as of late. But, you know, when you hear those songs from uh, and just sprawl and master puppets and, you know, um, it's just, they're amazing. Like they're yeah. still really great. Well, and they created a new Sonic character with that stuff. Yeah. Um, and, and I agree. I've kind of have like this retroactively looking at their later work. Um, I'm not talking about like saying anger. There's something that popped in my head really recently um it was they did a song for like one of the mission impossible movies what um yeah it was uh it's a song called i disappear i think oh okay yeah i do know that song actually yes and, and for whatever reason i got it stuck in my head and i was kind of like running through it and i was like man that's a really catchy song right it's not it's not what i listen to metallica for but that it's a good song in yeah, and of totally. itself so I, I also have kind of a dualistic um, appreciation for, for Metallica and have retroactively come around to at least acknowledging that those Black Album songs are, are well-written, well-produced, you know, pieces of, of their catalog. Yeah, for sure. Agreed. I mean, it, it's hard to connect with i mean lars was never really like a connectable character especially after the whole thing with um napster the but, napster thing um yeah. i mean i had friends who had the um todd mcfarlane um set of um uh the the big head the, the, no not the big head but the todd mcfarlane so there's like really realistic versions of of the doll you know oh yeah 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 i remember figures those. of metallica yep. and they wouldn't have lars lars like everybody else would be there yeah. but not lars um yeah. but like when you have the expose that you have of those of those guys at this point, like the, what you know about them, it, you kind of find it hard to connect to someone who um, auctions off their um, collection of art for millions of dollars. You know what I mean? Like they've they've yes. lost that 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 whatever that edge was. Yeah, you they see just pictures don't... of James and his wife shopping at you know Beverly Hills and well, and and that's that's like you know to be expected to some level, but yeah, you can't relate to it. Like we yeah. don't live that kind of life. So like when you look at old metallica and you have james is like this scraggly you know guy with a pockmarked face and reminds you of like all the dirt bags that we grew up with um it, that's relatable what they've right. become is not relatable on a personal level that's right that's right but you know it's interesting because like um someone like kirk hammett i still i still think of him as like very much like he doesn't seem to have changed that much yeah. You know, in, in all of that world, like when you see him in like the, that some kind of monster, I hate, I hate to devolve into this Metallica podcast, but um, when you see him in that, that some kind of monster stuff, um, he's yeah. more like the, like, what's going on here? Yeah. And then, and then Come Lars. Come on and, guys, don't fight. Yeah, totally. Yeah. <laughs> which, which was always his kind of um, uh, vibe, his vibe anyway, right? You right. Know, like he's, he's one of those musicians who seems like who he is. Yeah. Um, and then you see these like versions of these like rich rock stars are in rehab and all this stuff and it's like i don't know how to relate to you you know what yeah. i mean like and 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 you're not making music that's that's can speak to where i'm at yeah. um and and possibly it's an authenticity thing that even when they can write a good song that should connect with me i can't get past the what i know kind yeah. of part of it um uh but the, and there's some interesting other things on here but like um then there's stuff that just is far outside of my wheelhouse like spirit box are you familiar with this band um very very vaguely it's they're a little too new for me to like really have a grasp on i've listened to a little bit of it um it's I don't, it's not it's not bad um it's not my thing it, <laughs> all right imagine if taylor swift sang for a uh like a post-rock 
gent band. I like that. I like that's an interesting. That's kind of that's kind of the vibe. Um, I I don't. I've only heard a couple songs, so that's that may be way way off in terms of like what their overall sound is. But that, that's uh, interesting. Okay, I like that's an interesting fem- um, female vocalist that does not. I mean, I think she probably does some harsher vocals, but mm-hmm. the stuff that I heard was. Um, Again, it was like the very kind of uh, a lot of dynamics. There's a lot of uh, kind of ethereal stuff going on. Her vocals are very um, kind of floating in the mix, um, very feminine. And then there'll be like a break and, you know, the heavy guitars drop. And um, I don't I don't know. It's it, I think if I was maybe a little younger, that might be something that I would be more engaged to go check out but um, well i think there's at, a at first blush i just you know yeah pe- well, I think... people apparently uh, apparently like it because they've been making some some waves uh, well i mean the, and then there's bands on here too that that i am familiar with and that are in the newer vein like alien weaponry and uh animals as leaders that 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 definitely have potential to kind of can like carry a new mantle if you will you know what i mean yeah. um uh that i think i think could be really cool um the other thing that's that's interesting that's on here and it's it's a band um that we went and saw in atlanta um is uh youth code and youth code yeah. are doing something with uh king Youssef, who i'm not familiar with okay but i, but nor, I nor am i um uh but so it's a trap metal producer um and i thought youth interesting code was, yeah like was a really interesting band because like you're basically have this electronic it's a hardcore um, edm or, yeah. or edm hardcore yeah i, I think that's or, a yeah uh, well edm i think that's too I, I i prefer idm which is like which is the funny precursors to edm you know yeah. you hear idm as intelligent dance music right you know because there'd be some sort of structure to the something they're trying to okay give it more of a composer float um and edm because it's just has that emotional moniker it just becomes this weird thing but like um well i'm sure that at some point like anything else the term gets co-opted and it means something else different like absolutely absolutely what somebody would call emo is not what i would you know what i would call emo right right absolutely yeah i mean i i was youth code i didn't know but you you know so we went to go see um or i dragged you to go see um health yes in in atlanta true and um and you were like oh okay i will go because youth code is playing and you so you knew of them yeah um, not and, intimately familiar with their music but they're on um jacob jacob bannon from converge's label death wish i believe so okay. that was kind of my my uh understanding of them cool yeah so and i and i i was like oh this is it's a really interesting mix because you have you know you were just mentioning like and, and we mentioned evanescence um when you have run into females in the metal genre maybe stereotypically you get this like uh feminine um ethereal kind of quality that's adds by that which yes. isn't a bad thing um but when you have within the version of youth code you have a female um front person who is i don't know if front person is the she's right word terrifying she's terrifying and yeah. she's not she's not just here she's so aggro i wonder i wonder how she would classify this this would be a cool question to ask her but um very animated very um uh growling snarling um vocals um uh definitely emotive um you know um, yeah what, what sometimes feels like anger and sometimes feels like just like raw emotions yeah there's a lot of kind of cathartic expression there absolutely and um but just a really cool thing. So I'm, I, I think, you know, the, there's potential for some really interesting stuff to go down within that. You know? Yeah. You seem to kind of be um, moving in that direction in general, in terms of like your, your listening patterns right yeah. now. I, I think that's true. I, I mean, mean, you listen to a lot of different stuff. I don't know anybody that listens to as disparate, you know, genres as you do. Yeah, you should, the algorithm has no idea what to do with it. Um, uh, <laughs> that's for sure. Um, yeah, well, I, I do, and and you're right. For for basically what would, what you might consider new music or like new styles that are emerging, yeah. that's definitely the stuff that interests me. Um, and I think it's it's the thing that would have interested me as like a, a 15 year old too. Yeah. You know, because there's this high level of uh, emotive quality to it. Right. But there's also this amazing kind of. Uh, move within the music you know like there's some really cool stuff going on musically sonically uh in it that um are, are interesting and i think people who are taking full 
you know, when you go see health, um, you see instruments, they're clearly playing them, but they're going through other things, obviously, like there's computers involved, there's processing, um, there's a drum machine as well as a drummer, um, yeah. you know, there's, there's synths as well as guitar and bass. Um, there's yeah. three of them, there's programmed, tr you know, trips and stuff like that. Um, and and I think they present like a metal band though. Yeah, totally. I mean, yeah. well, um, yeah, they present like a metal band, um, and, but that's not what you hear. You yeah. Know? And um, so I think for me, what's most interesting about them is that they're, they're not ignoring any potential. You know, they're like, sure. oh, this they're not is leaving anything on the table. Right. They're like, this is out there. We can try that. Let's try it. Let's, yeah. you know, um, uh, now they're not the, they're not the joke band who's going to next month make a country record or something like that. They're not wean in that way, but um, yeah. they're, they're genre spe specific, but they're, they're clearly not like letting stuff get by them and and they're doing it in a, in a way that's really cool with you know as i've mentioned in the past with these um remix records that they make um, yeah they're yeah. they're again letting collaborators come in and and kind of uh, mess with the dials a bit too right that's cool <laughs> and that's actually a perfect segue into our uh what's spinning for me anyway awesome perfect yeah i'm, I'm interested the band and the record that i want to talk about is Genghis Tron's Board Up the House, which okay. is one of these records that if you like heavy music and you don't think you like electronica, you need to listen to this record because it'll change your mind. Interesting. Yeah, the name Genghis Tron alone is, is, is really, really interesting. Yeah. So th this record came out in like 2007 or something. It was a relapse release. Uh, produced by the inimitable Kurt Ballou at God City Studios. Of course, he's the, also the guitarist for Converge. But um, this record is punishing and beautiful and like just all the things that you'd want it to be. And I think a lot of people slept on this record when it first came out. It did not get great reviews, but uh, I think it has aged really, really tremendously. Yeah, it's so it's, you know, I'm just I'm I so I, it's not something I've heard of. Um, so I'm I'm looking up I'm looking it up, you know, just in the Wikipedia and it I mean, it, it you know, it didn't it wasn't reviewed poorly necessarily. But I, I think you're right. I think I mean, they even have a, a pitchfork review of it um, seven out of 10, which is pretty high for them. Yeah. Um, so I think that that is pretty cool. I mean, Mel sucks gave him 4.5 out of five. Um, maybe it was just it, it was ahead of its time. You know, it's one of those records that, you know, wasn't we weren't ready to hear in 2000 it, it really right? was and i think particularly for metalheads that yeah this idea i mean ministry did it right um that's yep. kind of like up until that point was probably the the high watermark of people using um electronic elements and heavy music um nine inch nails right i mean like uh yeah, definitely the most popular yeah version. yeah 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 um that's true although i I, I wldn't necessarily call nine inch nails a, uh, a metal band I, I i guess i guess they are i don't know man it's, i mean if um, they arise from that that those waters uh, the thing that trent Reznor is not is is uh, you're not able to pigeonhole him i mean right he and atticus ross did the soundtrack for soul um, right Pixar right. movie and i i heard about it afterwards and i was like but of course they did when you yes. listen to it again you're like of course that makes sense they just had to put on their bright and shiny hats to do it right. um uh but like um i mean like so, yeah but so my my point i i guess is that typically you know metalheads are always late to the party they don't want chocolate in their peanut butter you know what i mean that's right yeah, so yeah, yeah. particularly like you know that strain of like extreme metal is even more aggressively like with their elbows out i think it took people a, a little bit to come around to but this record is amazing all the way through and it, it really is one of those that you put it on and you might not get it the first spin but it definitely um it you can go back to the well on it a lot so so what what brought you you know you talk about how um this wasn't a record that you when it came out you weren't into it i mean not necessarily into it you just didn't know of it what what turned you on to it and then you know what what was the i actually i actually was into it when it first came out um, okay i'm one of those people that follows record labels right like i i think there are certain labels that are still out there um 
I guess you'd call them uh, large independents uh, mm-hmm. that you you kind of know what you're getting in a way. You you know that you know there's a certain quality there. Um, I think especially in the, in the genre. Yeah, the, in the genre you're discussing, there's a, that's expe- especially true. Like, um, and then you know, like when dance dance music, you have the same thing. But you know, so like when you sure, for or, this or record, anything like re- if relapse, you know something right. came out on Matador or something came out on right. Sub Pop or whatever, you kind of know what you're getting into. You know what I mean? Right. So, um, so you know, Relapse was one of those labels for me. You know, mm-hmm. they had picked up uh, starting as kind of like a death metal uh, sub label. And they eventually grew to pick up, you know, Mastodon and Dillinger and, you know, they, they really grew. Um, Baroness was another one that they had around that time. So I was, you know, I always had my ears open when they were pushing something new. uh, I was willing to give it a shot. And I listened to that first record a lot. Um, What solidified it for me was in ensuing years Converge put out uh, Axe to Fall. And there is a track on that record that is a collaboration with Mookie Singerlin from Genghis Tron. And um, if, if the ultra heavy stuff is, is a little too much for you, um, that track on Axe to Fall is a great entry point because it's, it has a lot of those elements, uh, but it's, um, it's lighter. That's cool. Again, just to remind everybody, this is Genghis Tron, and the album is Board Up the House. Um, yeah. So I'm, 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 I'll, I'll definitely go give it a listen because um, it, it definitely sounds like things that I enjoy. It's um, a crusher. It's yeah. a crusher. And they, I think they have a new one coming out too. Um, they, they've uh, went, they went on a hiatus, uh, indefinite hiatus, uh, seven, eight, nine years ago, and. Um, and so they're finally putting something else out too. So I'd be excited to to hear what they're doing now. Yeah, very cool, very cool. And next week I'll I'll bring something to the table um, that we can all um, hate on equally. Um, and yes. uh, uh, shout, I appreciate shout out to it. our and, YouTube haters. Yeah, thanks, thanks. Um, we'll be getting at you soon. Um, Somebody called uh, you a chucklehead today. A chucklehead. What is yeah. That? What is that even Have you, when's the last time you heard somebody call somebody a chucklehead? I don't know, but I do laugh a lot, and I like laughing. So that's <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, it's I'm not an insult. Okay. No, I'm okay with it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, and subscribe and like, and um, you know, turn on notifications, and you know, um, or uh, my favorite is uh, there's this YouTuber that my kids and I like watching together because he's like this science-based guy, Mark Rober. He's great. Yeah. Um, especially if you have kids. Um, and um, his stuff always says, "Please consider subscribing." So please consider subscribing. Very polite. Uh, I like that. Indeed, indeed. All right, but you guys have a great day. Late. Hey, friends. If you enjoyed what you were listening to, then I feel it is my duty to tell you that we also have a YouTube channel. So if you'd like to see us in all of our glory doing reaction videos and talking about music and movies, then head on over to YouTube and click that subscribe button for us. Thanks, and until next time, 